Refocusing Your Church, today on ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. We'd like to welcome to our podcast today, Matt and Kelly Collier. Matt pastors Bethany Baptist Church in Brevard, North Carolina. And Matt has a unique story to tell us about how he helped refocus his church on discipleship. So Matt, welcome. Um, Thank you. for coming, Kelly. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, You were raised nearby at the Wallace Christian Camp. Yes. So I grew up in a Christian home and my dad's Ken Collier. He's been at the Wiles for ever and ever, it seems like. So I had the privilege of uh, being a part of a local church growing up as well. It was actually Bethany. So a little unique. I was able to uh, be a part of it growing up. But then as the Lord worked out later on after college seminary, the Lord called us back here to uh, be the senior pastor. And you've been here how long? As, been, as a senior pastor. As senior pastor, yeah. it's been about 12 years now. All right, so Kelly, y'all been married how many years? We just celebrated our 20th anniversary. Wow, so you've been here 12, been married 20 years. Children, Kelly, tell us about your family. We have three boys, a 13-year-old, and his name is Gabe, and then Jariah, who is almost eight, and then Levi, our special little surprise from God, and he's five. Great, so three boys. I think I can identify that, but he's got two girls on either end. But again, thanks for the time for recording this today. I know you'll be a blessing. So tell us a little bit about, Matt, when you realize you need to refocus Bethany, lead us through the steps, what brought you to this realization, and and just a brief history in the background of that. Sure. So when I first became pastor, I really didn't know what I was doing. It wasn't anything we set out to do. I was in missions work and heading up an organization there. And so when we first came on, I I told our men, we had a great, great group of deacons. And I told them, I want to work through this together of what is church all about and what is our purpose here and what are we going forward doing and what what are we trying to accomplish? So at this point, Bethany's about how old? Oh, church itself has been around 45 years, I think now. So... I was so about 35 years in. Somewhere in there, yeah. Okay. So we started talking, and I, I said, I want your involvement in this at the, the very outset, and just try to get something in writing that would help us to understand what are we trying to accomplish here. And so we went through, as church leadership, this is over the course of uh, probably a year and a half, two years, and we, we looked at every passage we could find in the New Testament about the purpose of a local church. And as we were going through that, it was in the epistles mainly, but also in the book of Acts and just really wrestling with, okay, we don't want to just do church. We want to be doing what God has for us. And we started to conclude we were very weak in the aspect of discipleship. We just didn't have it clearly defined. It wasn't on our radar as leaders. And so it definitely wasn't on the radar of our our church folks either. Okay. So it took us a while to work through those passages, but gradually we started getting things down in writing, 
that would be a helpful guide. We call it our philosophy of discipleship. And you were leading this, so you and your deacons, was anyone else involved in this? Is No, it was, we it? started with our, our church leadership team. So this is um, over a year, two-year period? It was. Started primarily, we would have some retreats. We'd go away and spend extra time on it, but then we just kind of work away at it on our monthly deacons meetings. It was really helpful exercise for me personally, and I, I concluded I didn't know what this was about either, and it wasn't something I'd spent a lot of time on. It wasn't something I was living out. And so gradually we got it down into a written form that was very helpful for decision-making. So from there, we actually around that time, it was neat the way the Lord works, but confirmation, there was a book that came out, The Trellis and the Vine. And we all read that as church leadership and it really resonated because they had come to some of the same conclusions that we had come to on our own. All right, so the trellis and the vine, tell us a little bit, because it really talks about form and function, right? Explain, you know, as you read the book and looked at your church, what the trellis is and then what the vine is. Sure. So trellis and the vine, written by two pastors in Australia, and they really were starting a conversation. I think it was mainly for Australian churches, but it, it took off because it was meeting a need, I think, in other churches world. throughout the world. Yeah. As we read the book, one thing that really caught our attention was the fact that if you think of the trellis as the programs, the support structure of the church ministry in our context, and then the vine would be the actual growing people kind of work and tending the vine then is focusing your attention on relationships and on where people are spiritually and helping them take that next step wherever it is. All right, so as you read the book, you studied the book, your leadership is studying the book with you. You're coming up with a written philosophy of where you think the church needs to refocus. Yes, All right. and we formed that over time, uh, reinforced it with even reading that book and some other books that, that were helpful at the time and formulating our thinking and then we came out with what we believe. It was actually very helpful for us to define what discipleship is not. One of those main things I think that we had mistaken in our minds, we confused discipleship with a program, which the point of that illustration is programs can be helpful. Right. Uh, they can support what you're doing, but programs are not the actual vine work. And I say that again, because most churches, we're rich in programs, we're deep in programs, we're budgeting programs. So programs can support what you're refocusing on, but it's not the focus. Is that the that's of... that's what we concluded? And I wouldn't say Bethany was an overly program-driven church. Okay. I do think, though, it was very helpful for us because we sat down and evaluated everything we were doing, all the programs that we had going, and we started asking the question: Is this helping us in disciple making? And if it's not then it either needs to go or it needs to be adjusted and adapted to All make right, it. so let's stop there just a minute. All right, so how much pushback did you get? Because again, you're starting with a clean sheet of paper. You got the scriptures, so you've gone through with your leadership an intense study of ecclesiology. Right. All right, so when you start talking about programs and doing away with things, did you receive any pushback? We didn't do anything drastic okay. all at once. In fact, we didn't make any real changes right away because before we started to do anything significant, I wanted to teach through it with our congregation. 
So we set aside a year of, I think, a Sunday night services where I basically expanded the philosophy of discipleship that we had come up with. And it was pretty much a year I did a couple different series on discipleship. Here's what it is. Here's what it's not. Here's what it's going to look like in our situation. And so from there, after we got through that, then we were ready to start introducing some changes, but always trying to tie it back to that philosophy. Okay, here's what God says. Now here's w- the way we think that we can really. Now, as flesh you're it preaching out. through this on Sunday nights, did you have Q and A time after a certain point for the congregation to ask? Did you distribute your philosophy of ministry to the congregation? What are some other things you did as you were preaching through this? We did have some questions along the way. The questions came more when we started to flesh it out. Okay. And we started to make some changes sure. on some of the programs. So we tried to be very intentional about that, informing the congregation, okay, here's what we're looking to do. Here's why we want you to be a part of it. If you have any questions, then come to us ahead of time. So it wasn't drastic, and we're talking over the course of several years before um, this was rolled out. About year three, would that be safe to say? In research study, yeah. So your advice, again, I think it's very wise. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I really want to harp on this because some people get frustrated and they won't change immediately. So you've studied it thoroughly. You've got a philosophy paper in place. Your leadership is on board. So now, about year three, you're teaching it. And the congregation's absorbing it. Kelly, how did you feel like it? Was it good receptivity? Well, I think it takes a long time to turn a ship around. Yeah. And maybe, you know, in those private conversations you have in your bedroom at night with your husband, and you're like, oh, I wish we could hurry. And just the wisdom of that slow process of taking the time and being patient and giving God time to work in people's hearts. And on another aspect of that, Matt tasked me with doing a written philosophy of ministry for our ladies. So being able to take a couple of years to do the same thing, we made no changes at all for maybe two years. And this is being covered in prayer. Yes, the whole a lot time of prayer. Through, right? And just really, like Matt said, just going straight to the Bible. There are a lot of books on women's ministry, a lot of books on discipleship, but let's go right back to the Bible and see what it has to say. Mm-hmm. And then getting the leadership involved to... Um, to get that fleshed out and then actually taking it to your congregation, to the ladies and saying, okay, here's the philosophy that we've come to. And it was, it was sweet because we were doing it at the same time. And women's ministry is supposed to complement the ministry of the church and actually be a part of enabling any, and same philosophy. Same philosophy. All, okay. Yes. Instead and so, of competing, right. which right. sometimes it can easily yeah. become that. And so. we came to the same conclusions and to be able to help my women as they're hearing their pastor preach, okay, it's the same thing for us. And we're the decision making of what we're going to change now in year three or four is tied right back to the Bible. All right, so now we've researched it, paper's written, you're praying through it, you've introduced it to the congregation. All right, so Matt, tell us about now implementation. So how did you implement it, how you modeled it? Yeah, it was a little uncertain for us because, again, we personally hadn't thought this way or lived this way in particular. And so the Lord sent a couple of laymen in our church that really were good at this, and so they kind of mentored me in it. We had a lot of good conversations. Okay, what does this look like? in my particular setting, because one thing that we tried to emphasize is that 
Discipleship is a way of life. It's not just adding something else to your plate. It's actually taking what God has put in your hands and using that for discipleship to bring people towards Christ's likeness. And so for me, the wrestling came with, well, I'm, I've got a young family. I've got a lot of ministry responsibilities and a lot of that requires study. I can't just drop everything all the time and go spend three hours with somebody. But what I could do uh, for me personally would be get up early, go to breakfast with some guys that have to work. I could use my lunch hours. I could meet in the evening. We often would meet in the evening with people as a couple after the kids were in bed. And so it's just using what God has put in your hands. That was real, our, our emphasis with the congregation as well. So really it became a part of your life. It had to start with us. That. Okay, thank and you. And with our leaders as well. And I, we saw it gradually catching on in people's mindset. You start hearing, as you're talking about it, you're keeping it in front of people. And it wasn't just that one series, but you bring it into other messages, that's kind of the tuning fork. And then you start to hear other people taking that and it, it starts resonating with them as well. And those conversations are happening and they're thinking in terms of, okay, how can I live this out in my particular setting as well? One thing that we tried to do was to start, we call them uh, discipleship focus groups where you'd have people in the same life stage who would just meet together periodically and ask each other questions about right, the Periodically, is that once a month? Yeah, once a month maybe. Okay. It really depended on their schedule. We were pretty decentralized in it. Okay. Uh, we probably could have, in hindsight, we probably could have had more structure. Maybe we were a little gun shy. Uh, we didn't want to just make it a program, but we did try to, to say, okay, this needs to be a part of, of your conversation and your thinking. So, groups of three or four people meeting together periodically to talk about, hey, what are you doing for discipleship right now? Who are you meeting with? Are there unbelievers? Because we believe discipleship encompasses evangelism as well. Um, it's not just the no, believers, it's, it's, it's the starting point. It has to sure. go there. That's the Great Commission. Yeah. And so as we started to do that, more and more people would start to catch it more organically as they hear about what people are doing and they hear their burden and they're praying together for it. And we found that you can't make people adopt this, this way of life. It has to almost be caught and it has to be the Lord doing that work in their life. All right. So as this is starting to change the cultures, people starting to think, okay, relationships, making this a part of my life. I am a disciple maker. That's who I am. All right, so tell me just a little in a short way how this impacted you reaching your community, which is Brevard, North Carolina. How did this start with your people reaching into the lives of the unsaved? Obviously, I would say as, as a pastor, we have a long way to go, um, and it's still a weakness of our church. It's something that we are working on. It, it goes along with our focus on evangelism, we believe, the best way to reach people is we call it through redemptive relationships. So as you're building friendships with the people that God has put in your life, then you're looking for opportunities to just live out Christ and share the gospel. And we, we have seen a good, I think, growing emphasis in that, in our congregation and the mindset. I wouldn't say that we're like a, a super strong evangelistic church, but it's not necessarily 
the programs or the events that we're focused on. Now, we do that from time to time as a tool, but we believe that even with those events, they're going to bring the people they've been building relationships with. And it's much better that way anyway, because if you don't have relationships already established, then people probably aren't going to stick around for long. Okay, so how many years has it been since you first started when you said, I got to refocus, that church has got to refocus on scripture and what the scripture defines as the church. So now, how many years ago was that to where we are today? Uh, it really started when I first came as pastor, so about 12 years ago, but I would say we, we didn't really start clearly defining it until a couple years in. So maybe it's been about 10 years when we really started getting serious about, hey, we have got to change our culture. And as Kelly said, it takes a while to do that, I would say, that probably year five, we started getting a little bit of momentum, okay. but again, I concluded, I can't make this happen. It has to be the Lord doing that work and we encourage it and we you cultivate it, it. We model, model it. You pray through it. Yeah. But, and honestly, and I've heard testimonies of some of the people that have come to Christ through your ministry here. Yeah. And that's exciting. It is it exciting. Is. So this is, uh, it is happening. I think think for me to see in those conversations in the lobby, it's turned a little bit around the corner to where people are going, I want a piece of that. I want a part of what's going on. And there's an excitement that's grown. Mm -hmm. Not to everybody, but it's growing. And that's really, really special. All right. So Matt, if uh, someone listening to say, hey, you know, I would love a copy of Matt's philosophy. Is this something you would share with people? Sure. Yeah. It's, It's just scripture and scripture applied. Yeah. There's there's several sections to it. The first couple sections really are just principles taken from God's word. And then as we continue in that, it gets a little more specific to sure. our unique situation. But, but I think it's yes, helpful to it's see fun. somebody that has now been plowing in this field for about 10 or 12 years. Mm-hmm. How do I get started? So could you give your email address, Matt? Yeah, it's matt at bethanybaptistministries.org. Matt at BethanyBaptistMinistries.org. Again, it's been a great help and it's been a huge encouragement just for somebody to say, okay, here's the church, been at it 10 to 12 years, the culture has changed, they refocused, and now God's honoring that. So again, today I've had Matt and Kelly Collier at Bethany Baptist Church in Brevard just talking about refocusing the church on disciple making, and I really appreciate your time. So Kelly, thanks for being with us. Matt, thanks for being with us. Listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org/consulting.